Welcome to IA Financial Group's In Your Interest podcast, where we aim to share with you the essentials of economic news and its impact on your finances. My name is Ashley, and this week we'll be taking a look at the state of global and Canadian economies. As always, I'm joined with Sebastien McMahon, Chief Strategist and Senior Economist at IA Financial Group. Hi, Sebastien. Hello, Ashley. Glad to see you behind the mic once again. Same here. <laughs> So, Sebastien, economists have been talking about the risk of a recession in 2023 for a while now, but it's already mid-year and we haven't seen it yet. We thought this would be a good time to maybe take stock of the state of the global and Canadian economy. Yeah, of course. And uh, these episodes are important because things move quickly, stories change, and, you know, we are expecting still that global economy will be digesting all of the rate hikes from central banks that we've seen over the last year or so, which were very swift, very steep. And it's going to take a while for this to make, to have a complete impact throughout the economy. We always say that it takes between 18 and 24 months for one rate hike to, to do the rounds completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last hikes from the Bank of Canada were in January 2023. The big one was in July 2022, 100 basis points. So that's less than a year ago. So it takes time. It's normal. So we think that the economy will be stalling. We're not expecting a deep recession. We're not expecting a deep contraction of the economy. And this is completely normal to have a slow digestion of all of that. As a strategist, we think it's an environment that's not really favorable to risk assets. That's why we're defensive. But we're not defensive in the sense that we think that everything's going uh, down the drain. So just wanted to give that context. So global economy has been slowing down since the post-COVID boom of 2020-2021. There are several pieces on the chessboard moving. But, you know, just this morning can have surprises that are positive or negative. And we got the positive one today. Uh, Canadian GDP came out for the first quarter. It was 3.1%, so stronger than expected, stronger than everyone, uh, especially at the Bank of Canada, were expecting. They were expecting 2.5%. So there are some good news, but we still think that the path of least resistance will be towards a slowdown. But, you know, again, there's no historical parallel for what we're experiencing economically, financially, Right now, there is no parallel to a post-global pandemic world. So let's look at at the pieces one at a time. So we'll look at GDP, so the state of the economy, through its pieces. And let's see where we fall for each of these pieces individually. Okay. And the GDP always starts with household consumption, if I'm not mistaken. So what we spend in goods and services, it's about 60 to 70% of GDP, depending on the country or the region. We see that there's still a lot of savings that's accumulated, uh, that was actually accumulated during the pandemic that remains in bank accounts. The Canadian savings right now is back close to its historical average. Right now, we save about 6% of our incomes globally in the country, but we're still drawing down some of the accumulated savings during the pandemic. And we're starting to see that uh, the use of credit card is rising. So people maybe have less savings in the bank. And a good example of where the savings is going is that we see that people are using their savings to finance their spending at new higher prices. So inflation, of course, we pay for it with our savings. And for example, at the grocery store, when it were inflation exceeded 10% at the start of the year, the average basket remains fairly stable compared to previous years. So we still buy much the same thing. We just pay more for it. So we finance that with our our savings. So there's a drawing down of that, which cannot last forever. 
The job market also continues to perform well. Still many new jobs that are being created around the country, uh, around 40, 50,000 jobs per month over the last year. So that's good. But there's been some hoarding of workers by businesses. So there's labor shortages. Businesses want to make sure that they are fully staffed. So hiring lots of people. But now recent sur surveys are showing that companies no longer intend to hire that much. Uh, which should eventually put a damper on the momentum that is keeping uh, households so active. So I would say if we have a column of pluses and minuses, I would put a small X in the plus column for household spending in 2023. But maybe in 2024, this will turn towards a neutral or maybe even negative territory if the labor market slows down. So the current momentum is at risk, but it's normal. Yeah, absolutely. Monetary policy, as I said, acts with a lag that is itself uh, unpredictable. Um, so companies create jobs, but they also invest. So investment represents about 20-25% uh, of GDP in developed countries. The key factor for business investment is confidence. And recent surveys suggest that companies may be more cautious before embarking on expansion projects. So that would be mm -hmm. negative. On the other hand, there was the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act that we discussed recently when we talked about budgets. Federal and provincial budgets in Canada were, we saw some reaction to what was going on in the U.S. because every government now wants to subsidize uh, green investments, uh, energy transition investments. Investments. We want to make sure that every jurisdiction remains competitive. So maybe this would uh, help long-term investments. So I would say in the short run, investments could be volatile. But in the longer run, maybe we should put a check in the plus column for business investment. I would say for 2023 and 2024. So this is rather supportive uh, in Canada. And as far as the government spending is concerned, we're talking mainly about a return to balanced budgets. Is that a factor as yes, well? Yes, it is. Because uh, government spending accounts for about 15 to 20 percent of GDP in developed countries. So mm -hmm. it's a large part. Uh, so if you have continued spending, that may means that you have no growth in spending. So government spending stops supporting economic growth. And when you talk about fiscal rigor, and this is what we are discussing, especially in Canada, where governments, federal government, provinces like the province of Quebec, they want to balance their budgets. So fiscal rigor means that uh, government spending becomes a headwind to growth. Over the next 12 months, I would say that uh, it's, uh, it's reasonable to put a check in the negative column for uh, government spending. Okay, and I often hear you say that uh, Canada is a small, open economy. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you see the contribution of international trade? Yeah, Canada is a small player, and the, the American economy is our main economic partner. It faces the same economic challenges as we do. So growth is expected to be relatively weak in 2023 and 2024 in the U.S., meaning that it's unlikely that we'll see a boom in imports of Canadian products over the next two years. And maybe the same goes for China, which has finally reopened uh, post-COVID, but which seems to be having trouble getting back on track. Remember that you know, China is heavily dependent on world trade and its reopening came at a time when the planet was uh, slowing down. So right. I would say it's a fairly neutral on the balance of things internationally. So I would put a check in the negative column next to international trade. And looking beyond purely economic issues, how do you integrate demographics into your outlook? Well, especially for 
for the Canadian economy, demographics are, I would say, probably now the most important variable because uh, with the post-COVID catch-up, over a million new Canadians arrived in the last year and hundreds of thousands will continue to arrive every quarter for some time to come. So we're talking about the demographic growth of over 2% last year, which is enormous. And you have to go back to the post-war period to see such sustained growth. So then we have the baby boom. Now it's the, maybe we could say the newcomers boom. So uh, this is what's driving large part of economic growth right now. And newcomers that come here have assets and they integrate quickly into the job market, which is a game changer because we favor economic immigration uh, in Canada. So we we choose who comes here. Uh, and this is a very strong tailwind for uh, the Canadian economy. Likely now we need to start looking at per capita figures in the country. So likely per capita growth will slow uh, as it's been uh, doing elsewhere. Uh, total growth uh, should be driven by demographics. So that means that if you look at 2008, at 2020, the Canadian economy has proved to be resilient in downward cycles. With demographics being even stronger now, uh, we expect the Canadian economy to be a very uh, resilient uh, story. So if we just wrap everything up, I would say that our odds of a recession by the end of 2024 in the US are still about 50%. So we're still sitting on the fence uh, here. Uh, we'll see how we adjust these odds as data comes in. But uh, in Canada, I would say that they're lower. Uh, so by the end of 2024, we would put the odds of a recession here in Canada at maybe around 30-35%. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sebastian. Once again, it's been most informative. And to all our listeners, thank you for being here. If you like this episode, we invite you to share it with your friends or give us your opinion on the listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the economic news page on ia.ca or follow us on social media.